Heavenly Father, your name be glorified, your name be exalted. For you are the God over the heavens, and you are the gods over the earth. We will glorify you from day to day, from weeks to weeks, from months to months, because you are the eternal God. By the entrance of your word, bring light and bring understanding, bring liberation and bring establishment and bring forth direction and guide us through the journey of life to bring us into the fulfillment of your divine will in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, this month, the theme is the manifestation of the word and as the word or the theme is, God wants us to get closer to his word, that is his son, to have a face-to-face -face and a personal relationship with him. So tonight, the theme will be the true vine. And I want us to open our Bibles to John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Open with me to John chapter 15 verses 1 to 8. I read, I am the true vine, and my father is the wine dresser. I am the true vine, and my father is the wine dresser. I want you to take note of the true vine and take note of the vine dresser. Verse 2 Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. He takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that he may bear fruits or more fruits. I repeat, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruits. Take note of the branch, take note of the fruit, take note of take away. There are three things I want you to take note in that verse. Verse 3, it says, You are already clean because of the words which I speak to you. This is Jesus speaking. He said, You are already clean because of the what? The words that I speak to you. Take note of word and take note of spoken to you. See, there are two things that you need to note here. The keywords, the keywords you need to note in there. Verse 4. It said, abide in me. Abide in me. Abide in me. Abide in me. Abide in me and I, you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the wine, neither can you unless you abide in me. The key word here is abide. Then verse 5, I am the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him or her bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Without the vine, 
Without the true vine, without Jesus, we can do nothing without him. Without him. And in verse 6, he says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out or she is cast out. Note the word cast out. You can highlight it if the Bible is yours. As a branch and is withered, note withered, and they gather them, note gather them, and throw them into the fire, note throw and note fire, and they are burned, note burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire. Underline desire or highlight desire and it shall be done for you. The eight, that is the final word or the verse eight in Hebrew stands for new beginnings. The number eight stands for new beginnings. So look at what the verse eight holds. It says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciple i want you to highlight or underline the keyword disciple and glorified you see he said my father is glorified in a new season because you are bearing forth fruit and in this season god is expecting us to bear fruit and become disciples of christ so there are 12 keywords that um, you should take notes in reading um, the chapter 15, verse 1 to 8. And I'm just going to run through them and we are going to systematically understand this so that we can enter into the word. It talks about the true vine. It talks about the vine dresser. It talks about the branch. It talks about fruit. It talks about being taken away. It talks about pruning or prunes. It talks about um, the word. It holds, it talks about abide, abiding in. It has an aspect of fire. It talks about withering and it talks about bend. And it finally talks about disciples. So when we talk about the vine, what is the vine? Who is the vine? The scripture makes us understand that Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the vine. The verse 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. So Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. Okay. And if you read the verse 1, the Bible says that I am the true vine and my father, that is God is that what the vine dresser so god is the one that planted the vine god is the one that keeps the vine god is the one that waters the vine god is the one that secures the vine and we are connected to the vine so it means that as a believer you are connected to the vine that is christ jesus that is why john chapter 14 Verse 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. It means that you have to be in Christ to be able to have a fellowship with the Father. Okay? 
And the verse 1 makes us understand that there is a true vine. And Jesus said, I am the true vine. So it means that there are other vines, but they are not the true ones. Jesus is the true vine. John 14, the previous um, chapter, verse 6, it says that I am the way, the truth. There are many ways of acquiring certain things, but it is not the true, it is not the standard that God has set. The only way to enjoying sound mind, enjoying sound health, enjoying sound life on earth is through Jesus. People, I mean, many religions have come up and have a lot of beliefs, other ways in assessing certain truth and assessing certain power. But it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. The Bible says, Jesus said that, choose whom you will serve. Don't serve two masters. So in the kingdom, there are always two things that are at play. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. So I always love us to go back to the book of the beginnings to understand certain things. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and he put man in a place called Eden. Eden had everything. Eden had life. Eden had water. Eden had food. It had fruits. And Eden was the dwelling place of what? Of man. And the Bible says, in the cool of the day, God will come down to Eden. That is the garden. In that scenario, Eden was the abode where man was dwelling. But the Bible says, when man fell, man left Eden. With a comfort, the wonderful state, perfection, he left there. Because man ceased to what? Be, be planted or be rooted in the will of God and started obeying the will of Satan. In this case, it is saying that man ceased to have essence in Christ, to have life. So man died. Eden was more or less a metaphor representing what Christ would represent what will stand for us. And the Bible says that man died that time. Death reigned over man. The fellowship that man had was what? Broken. So man had to step outside. And for the first Adam, the Bible says that he did not bear fruit. So when you read the verse 15 of um, the chapter 15 of John, the verse 2, it says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So the fruit that the first Adam bared wasn't the fruit of righteousness. It was a fruit of unrighteousness, of sin, of death. It isn't what God created Adam to harbor. So it took God to bring 
another man that is a son in the form of man who in the Bible is referred to as the second Adam. So Jesus is referred to as the second Adam. And when Jesus came, the Bible says, Jesus was able to leave righteous, to fulfill all righteousness. And he brought the assignment that the Father gave to him to a perfect conclusion by ending and destroying the fruits that was what produced by the fall of the first Adam. So the Bible says he destroyed the activities of darkness, of death. He took the keys from death. And through that, he bet unto us righteousness. So the moment you speak and you confess and you believe in your heart that Lord is Jesus Christ is my Lord and my personal Savior, and he is the Lord over all, and he is alive. The Bible says that his righteousness is imputed upon you, and you bear forth that fruit. Okay? Now, when you want to understand this, um, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 to 7, it talks about... God's vineyard and the vineyard there represented Israel and Israel is, 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 is in the Hebrews, the people of God. In our time, Christians are the people of God. We are spiritual Israelites. And the Bible says that, and whenever they misbehaved or when they lose touch with the father and they started seeking other, other things, Instead of them bringing forth the righteousness and doing what the Father had purposed them to do, I mean, when you plant a vine, it's supposed to bring grapes. But they were bringing grapes that are not, I mean, sweet, but they were sour, bitter. God expects us to have a life that is what sweet, representing Him. When you read Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, The plans and the thoughts I have for you, they are not of evil. So when you allow your life to express or to handle evil, you are not bearing fruit. That is what? After God. You see? So the Bible says that any time that the vine or the vineyard bears forth fruits that isn't according to the, the, the vineyard dresser, it breaks that fellowship. And the Bible says, and the vineyard dresser, I mean, he leaves away. The verse 5 of Isaiah chapter 5. The verse 5 of Isaiah chapter 5. I read, it says, now let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will tear, I will do to my vineyard. I will tear down its hedges and I will let it to be destroyed. I will break down its wall and let animals trample upon it. So in, in our case, God is seeking for fellowship. The eyes of God is always over the righteous. But the moment we begin to break and disconnect from our vine, that is Jesus Christ, 
We are no more part of the kingdom. When you disconnect, you know, you cannot bear fruit. And it, according to the verse, the second verse, it said, any branch that doesn't bear fruit has to be cut out. And I've always been saying that the, the Satan that we know, the ministry or the assignment or the work that he's doing is threefold. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is always the assignment. So, one of the things that will happen is that as a believer, you are planted in a house of God. You are planted in a church, in a ministry, in assembly. The moment the enemy wants to strike you, he'll make sure that your connection to a family of God, to the church, to the, to, to, to the ministry, to his word, that is Jesus, you will disconnect. And if you are not connected to the true vine, you'll be connected to a false vine, the God of this world. And most of us, we have four victims of this. Probably at a point you were on fire, you had a desire for God. But for some reason, you started getting yourself hooked up to certain things. And sometimes it's a sign of backsliding. The intensity, the heart, the impassion that you have towards God, it starts coming down. And the enemy starts presenting certain things, certain desires. And you are planted to that. So you are no longer being nourished. You see, Jesus is the stem. Everything, according to Colossians, everything finds its expression through Jesus. It says, for him and, and through him, everything was made. So your marriage was made for Jesus. That is why the Apostle Paul said, the head of a man is Jesus. The head of a woman is the man. And as the man submits to Jesus, likewise the woman submits to the man more or less trying to represent the church. The church's, I mean, groom is Jesus. Jesus is married to the church. So you cannot separate the church from Jesus. You cannot separate your body from Jesus. The moment you separate yourself from the stem, if a branch is cut from the stem and it has, say, grapes on it and it's placed there, it can never grow. So you can never have peace if you are not always connecting to God. You can never have sound mind if you are not connecting to his son, Jesus. The Bible says that God, the first point I want us to understand, that God is the vine dresser. So God, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever who will believe in him will not perish. So God planted Jesus so that if we believe, we will be what? Joined with Jesus and we will not perish. Because the original state or the original, I mean, um, nature of the Adamic nature is for what? Perishing because death is reigning and the wrath of God is after that. But the moment we accept Jesus, we escape that. God will always take away from us to beautify us. 
That's the father. He always takes away, prunes, takes things away, takes sin away so that he can make us perfect. And that is what he wants. But the devil will always try to keep you or Satan will always try to keep you in bondage so that the beauty that God has for you will not be revealed. God as the wine, the vine dresser, what he does is to what? To take certain desires from us that we will look better and he wants the absolute best for our lives. That is the will of God. So Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, it says that the plans and the thoughts I have told you are what thoughts of peace and not of evil. Okay. And I know that um, there are certain seasons in our life where, I mean, when God is trying us, I mean, when he's weaning us off um, certain things, I mean, it is hard. The moment we accept Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, sometimes, I mean, we start seeing certain things coming through. And I mean, it's nice. At that stage, it is perfect. But we get to a stage of weaning. I mean, those of us who have babies, you wean your child from milk. You want the child to grow. You start feeding the child with certain things. And sometimes the child is not used to chewing. I mean, the pain coming out of chewing, swallowing, it is a lot of work. And at that point, when we get there, we, we, we sometimes give up. We said, we don't want that. We want an easy way. And that is what the enemy is presenting. The enemy is marketing an easy way out. And at the end, there is distraction. At the end, there is this distraction. So we shouldn't lose focus of what our Father has for us. He is going to take away every desire. He is going to prune us in our life. He is going to take it. We are going to go through a process. And if we are able to go through it, we get closer to the purpose of our life. God is a loving father. So point two, one of the things that we learn from the verse, the passages, in growing in our life, as we are growing and we are maturing with our work with God, God will always prune us. You cannot take that out. So if you have a plant or a garden, one of the things is pruning, taking certain parts out and letting it grow perfectly. Like a mango tree, when it's time for its reaping, you see, it flourishes and it starts to spread. And sometimes it spreads to a point where even the, the fruit starts touching the ground. And if care is not taken, um, animals will start eating it. So as a good um, gardener, you go around, you start pruning them, you start cutting them down to shape them up so that it will have stability and balance. You see, some of the things that we go through when God is pruning us out, you see, assuming you are in a dark and you have stains on your clothes, okay, and you come into the light and you see it, you are able to see that these things, they are not good. So when God throws his light on you, when he's pruning you, he's taking these stains, this anger, um, pride, this um, laziness. He's taking them out because he's taking you to a perfect place of hope. 
He's making you a leader and he doesn't want to bring you to a place where you will disappoint him and make a mess out of it. You see, you made a mess out of it. And when God is pruning us, he takes them out. He takes them out. One of the things that during the pruning stage he does is he causes us to lay aside certain habits and mindsets that is not fruitful. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Um, in that pruning stage, our failure to go through that stage will cause us to end up in places that doesn't um, bring glory to God. It doesn't honor Him. And we go through our low moments. Anytime you fail to be connected to Christ Jesus, anytime you fail to allow God to work on your heart, to work on your will, to take away your self-desires, your selfish motives, do you know what? You go through stress. Like the prophet Jonah, the Bible says God wanted him to go to Nineveh to, to do an assignment, but he chose to go his own way. And we know the story that he ended up at the bottom of the world. Ocean, a fish swallowed him up. So anytime we disconnect or stop having fellowship with Jesus in his word, every single day, every week, every month, you are disconnecting. A fish will swallow up. It swallow you up. And probably maybe it might not be the fish of God. It might be the fish of the enemy. So the pruning stage, it takes certain things out. And we need to allow God to work on us. Because we need it. We are not perfect. You see, God's ultimate purpose of fruitfulness in us can never be what? Seen or we can never um, lay hold or have the manifestation of his word. If we have our old mindset before we got saved. So more or less, when you have a computer or probably maybe you have a phone, probably an, um, an Apple phone, an iPhone, or probably a Samsung, there's always a time where there are new updates. And you need to update your phone to be able to have these new applications work perfectly. And that is how, I mean, God expects of us that we need to update ourselves with the word. You need to always have time with the word. Spend time with the word. Read about the word. Think about it. Pray about it. Leave it. And in doing it, you are changing the way you think. Most of us, we are coming from various backgrounds. We've been through a lot of, I mean, life-challenging situations. And it has created certain struggles in our mind. Probably maybe in your childhood, you were abused, you were ridiculed. And because of that, you have developed this complex, inferior complex. And God's plan is for you to be a liberator, is for you to be a leader. You can never be that leader if you don't take away those struggles in the mind. And that can only be done when you start connecting to Jesus, to his word. Jesus is the word. 
and you need to connect to him. You, you find out what God says towards you in his word. Okay. And one of the things is during the pruning stage, we need to what? Partner with Jesus. Partner with him in his word. Partner with God. God cannot take certain things that you hold dear. You need to partner and say, Father, I agree with you. I know that I have this issue of fear and I don't like it. I don't love it because your word says you have not given me the spirit of fear. So I'm partnering you to take this thing out. And the moment you partner, the supernatural life of God will flood into your soul, will flood into your spirit. And as you will and you declare, it is established. So God is seeking partnership. God is seeking partnership. God is seeking partnership. When you read um, the same chapter, um, John chapter 15, verse 1 downwards, it says, we are co-heirs with Jesus. So Jesus is our brother. We are partnering with him on earth to fulfill the assignment and the agenda of God. So God needs partnership. He needs partnership. Um, there are certain things that we will go through in life. You see, but if you don't have the faith, if you don't have that faith, you can never face it. Sometimes we are met with tough decisions. Life can beat us left and right. But you know our advantage as branches, because we are hooked up to the vine, that is Jesus, his life flows through us. He sustains us. You know, in a dry season or in drought, when there's lack of water, it is the stem where has roots to the ground that draws water. So imagine we are not connected to Jesus. That is our, our stem of life through which we are revived, through which we are renewed, through which we draw nutrients. In when drought comes, especially during the time of COVID, during the time that COVID came and in that season, it is those who are connected to Jesus that are able to stand and not give up. I believe a lot of people gave up during that time. I mean, some of them, your fire went down. I mean, when going to church, people took it as an opportunity to, I mean, do certain things. And when the restrictions came down, you find a lot of believers in the various clubs, in the pubs, doing things that are not worthy. It doesn't bring glory to God. But for you to be able to stand in these hard times, you need to what? Be planted and grafted to God. To Jesus because he is our life and with the word the more you keep planting the more you keep reading you keep on building your faith you are able to come to the expected end so you need to ask yourself a question are you getting into your full potential because God has given you something God has given you a gift God has chart charted a plane for you to a destination and you need to ask yourself what is hindering me 
from reaching my full potential. For you to be able to get to your full potential, one, you have to allow God to pull these things that are hindering you from your life. It is a decision that you come to God, Father, I know this and that. I mean, I am not able to pray. I'm not able to pray because I have this um, habit of, I mean, watching a lot of movies. I'm not saying movies is bad, but it is too much. I keep on watching and at the time I have to pray, I feel tired when I pray. Help me, Lord. You have to tell, you allow God. And when you do that, it is not an overnight thing. It, is, it will take time. When God is working on you, it will take time. When God was working on David to become a king, it took time. From the wilderness, God didn't bring David into the palace. So God will remove you, would breathe into you, his spirit, and the spirit will start working on you. Probably maybe you had certain fear. God will start taking the fear. Peter wasn't bold. I mean, Peter was able to even deny Jesus. But the Bible says from that time to the time when the Holy Spirit came down, there was a working. And the Bible says when the Holy Spirit came down, Peter stood and he spoke and 3,000 were saved. He was bold. Even to the, the authorities, he said, the man that you killed, Jesus, is by him that we preach. So allow God to work on you. It will take time. The next thing, for you to be able to reach the full potential whilst you are planted in the vine, is that you should what? Keep on waiting on the Lord daily. Consistency. Daily. Daily. You see? Being planted. So if the Father, if God is pouring out His blessings, His blessings is only locating His what? His vineyard. So you don't have to be the type of Christian that visits his secret place, that visits Eden, that is Jesus. No. You need to dwell there so that the Bible says in the cool of day, when God is coming with the blessings, you will have it. You'll be nourished. When the stem is drawing water from the ground, it spreads it out to the leaves, to the branches. So when it's spreading it and the branches on the ground, it can never give it to it. And Jesus is always spreading his love, his peace, his security to us. Okay. So dwell in God daily, daily, not in a season. Sometimes when you're having a revival, you have people joining in from all around. But after that, they disappear. You see? When it's time for studying the word, for getting closer, it is a, it's not one day thing. Jesus wasn't Jesus manifesting. He took time. He was spending time. For 30 years, he was spending time with the Father. And when he was 30, he started ministry. And three years was effective because he had waited. God had dealt with him. Because the first Adam missed it. So he had to grow. And you know what? The first Adam didn't go through the process of time. He came up a full man. But Jesus, the Son of God, went through the stages. The stages of winning, the stages of, I mean, 
pruning, going through all these things, even at a point where his mother was saying, why don't you stay with us that you are doing your father's business, you are moving around. They are all some of the things that we go through in life. So, but if you keep on waiting on God, God will surely reward you. Anna kept on persistent, waiting on the Lord, and God honored him, honored her. It will require us presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. If you want to come to the full potential God has placed within you, if you want to enjoy the blessings that Jesus gives, you need to offer yourself as Jesus did. He said, greater works will you do if you believe. It has a requirement that you present yourself according to Romans chapter 1 and 2. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. So the point three, I said the point one, God is a vine dresser. He will prune us, point two, as we are growing, God prunes us. Those who bear fruits, God prunes. Do you know why he prunes? So that he can bear more fruits. So when God realizes that um, you are maturing and you are bearing certain fruits, he wants to take away anything that will prevent that fruit from surviving. That will prevent the testimony he has given you from dying out. That will prevent the fire he has given you to die out. So he will start taking out that desire. If there's lust, he will take out the lust. If there's anger, he will take out the anger. So point three, we are pruned to bear fruits. You see, we are pruned to bear fruits. In the pruning stage, it's like a surgery being done on the heart. So David is one of the few that God pruned a lot of things out. So David is one of the people that God cherished in the Bible. And his work with God, I mean, we, we, we can learn a lot. Psalm 51 verse 10 to 11, it says, Create in me a clean heart. O God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. That should be our prayer all the time. A clean heart, O oh God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. You see that? Do not cast me out of your presence and take your Holy Spirit from me. So the first Adam, the Bible says that Adam was not loyal to the will of God, became loyal to a false vine, that is Satan. And as a matter of fact, he was cast out of Eden that has to represent Christ, the place in which God has fellowship, you see. And the presence that they enjoyed left. So Jesus, as the second Adam, came to restore us. So when we are being pruned, God does his work through his spirit on our hearts. When we are connected to Jesus, the Bible says, old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. So when things become new, you have to be always be pruned. Pruned. Jesus will always, his word, when you read the word, the word has the ability to convict you by the help of the Holy Spirit. So you realize that if 
You used to, I mean, insult, curse people here and there. The word will start pruning you. Say, love your brother as yourself. Whatever you don't want to do to your brother or your sister, don't. You, whatever you don't want to see being done to you, don't do it to somebody. And sometimes Christians, we are the major culprits. We, we, we pretend in the eyes of people, but deep down, that is why God doesn't look at the outward. He looks in the heart to bless. So I, I want us to take note of that, that God work on my heart. Take not your spirit away from me because of my heart. So when we dive deeper into the word of God, when we stay connected to Jesus, he, I, I put in this way, he downloads his love, his ways into us so that it will fix every flaws in our life. One, purity and righteousness exalts us and honors us. So when God prunes your heart, it brings you into a state of purity and into a state of righteousness. And whenever time you have that, honor can never miss you. Loyalty to God is a step into a divine will. When you are loyal to what God expects you to do, His honor will never pass you by. Do you know what? When it comes to the stage where God wants us to bear fruit, we need to get to know Jesus in a deep way. Because without Jesus, we can never bear the fruit. He is a perfect image of God. So based on what you know, determines what you get. So if you know Jesus as um, a healer, you get the fruit of healing. If you know Jesus as the restorer, he will restore your soul when you are brokenhearted. He will restore your soul when you are hurt because you know Jesus as that and he gives that. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. It says, do not copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasant and perfect. So the one thing that you get to know when you know the fruits or you know God through Jesus is that you get to know and approve the perfect will. Two, you bear quality fruits when you are planted to Jesus. You bear quality fruits. Galatians chapter 2, chapter 5, verse 22, it talks about the fruits. Love, long-suffering, kindness, and that is what God is expecting of us. You see, God wants to bless us, but he's looking at fellowship. Other people, other religions, I mean, when somebody goes to the witch doctor or to the witch or warlock or whoever, I mean, they go there with, with a particular task. I want power. The, the person doesn't even ask them, how are you doing? No, 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 no. He said, give me what you want 
me to do and I will do it. That's all. But God is looking, Jesus is looking for a fellowship with us, intimacy with us. And in that intimacy, that is where the, the power, that is where the healing, that is where all these things come out. But when you lose that intimacy, that engraftment, being planted in Eden, being rooted and being joined with Christ, that is the vine, being the branch to the vine. You can never have the nutrients, the blessings. So God wants us to what? Um, get to a state where we, we bear fruits. The fruits are a lot. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. You see, there are certain blessings. It will have to take you to be um, long-suffering, to wait. Sometimes to have self-control. To not speak a word. Because when you speak the word, probably maybe your helper is standing next to you. Maybe by speaking your word or uttering an act, uh, a word, you fall into the snares of your enemies. And in that, the will of God cannot be fulfilled. Jesus, when he was caught, the Bible says that they wanted him to say whatever he wanted to say. To, to I mean, to come out of the judgment. But he didn't say anything because he knew that when he had said something, or if he had said something, we wouldn't have been saved. The will of God would have been terminated. Sometimes you need to keep quiet. Shut your mouth. A lot of blessings that most of us, we are missing is because of the words that we speak. A lot of battles that we are going through is because of certain things that we are saying. Sometimes you need to keep your mouth shut. The Bible says be what? Quick to hear but slow to speak. It's not everything that you start what, announcing it. It's not everyone that hears what you're announcing that is what is happy with you. So we have to live with wisdom. So we need to bear fruit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. Bear fruit. So far as that you are planted in Christ, bear fruit. After salvation, after God remembering you and turning things aside, after God giving you promotion, after God giving you healing, after God giving you, I mean, um, sound mind, after God giving you a perfect business that's earning you money, giving you a perfect husband, wife, whatever it is, what next? Bear fruits. Because it is the fruit that glorifies the Father. You see, um, four, um, consistency in God dealing with you brings about renewal. When you read the verse 15, um, chapter 15, 15, verse 4 to 5, um, John chapter 15, uh, verse 4 to 5, it says, Abide in me and I in you. You see, it is two things here. You abiding in Jesus and Jesus abiding in you. So most of us, I term it as we are churchgoers. We go to church. No, 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 no. You have to abide in Christ. Abide in Jesus. That it is not church, but you are abiding in Christ. So if probably for some reason something happened, you couldn't go to church, you are abiding in Christ. During that time, you serve God. You worship God. You have your personal Bible studies. But the fact that probably maybe something happened, you traveled or you couldn't go, you missed the car, doesn't mean that that's all. No, you have to abide. And when you abide, 
The verse 4 says that Jesus will abide in you. Look at this. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in a vine. So you cannot gain anything if you are not in Christ. Neither can you unless I abide in you. So one of the reasons why we are not having certain miracles is one. One part or one part of believers is this. They are abiding, but Christ is not abiding in them. And there are others, they are abiding. Christ is abiding, but they are not abiding in them. So it's like, there's no agreement. There's no partnership. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in them will bear much fruit. So if you want to be fruitful, see, it is simple. Continue to abide in Christ Jesus. Continue to abide in His word. Don't give up. The tool that the enemy is using is to bring discouragement. And that is what is ruling now. People are discouraged. Sometimes I talk with certain people, sometimes in Europe, and I mean, they are discouraged. They are discouraged. The courage that they have has been disentangled, broken down. And with that state, you can never see any good thing. But you need to encourage yourself in the Lord, like how David did. When everything came trembling down, and the people that he was with, his friends, his loved ones, they wanted to kill him. The Bible says, he went to the priest and he took the effort. And he said, David encouraged himself in the Lord. And God gave him a direction. I pray that God will give you a direction. In whatever that you are going through. When Jesus is magnified, every other thing has to bow down. Every knee has to bow down when Jesus is magnified in your life. So consistency is the key to enjoying the blessings of God. We must abide and not visit the secret place when we are in need. No, 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 no. That shouldn't be your mindset in worshiping God and you have missed it. You have to abide because you love God. You abide. It is out of the love that God he sees that, oh no, this my daughter, this my son loves me. And I mean, she is, she is struggling in her career, in her business. She's having issues in her marriage. Um, he's having issues with, 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 with his, his study. I need to give him certain grace, certain ability to do and overcome. That glory will come to me. That is what God does. One of the things during that stage of proneness consistency, I said we must abide. Two, our consistency in waiting and abiding renews our strength. Isaiah 40 verse 31. So those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So as you are planted every single day, as you are worshiping, as you are saying, holy, holy, holy. You see, there's this pure love. There's this peace that is released to you. So when you step out to your work, when you step out into the world that is filled with hate, with, 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 with prejudice, with, with unfairness, with, with evil, you know, because of your waiting on God, you are filled with this inner joy and peace. 
So when people are going to work, when people are stepping out, sitting in the trains, in their cars, traveling with fear of, I mean, catching certain viruses, you have an assurance. God has embraced you with his love because you waited in him. And in waiting and abiding in the presence, do you know what God does? He empowers us to do everything that we ought to do. Those who are planted, who are engrafted as a branch to the vine, the vine empowers them. The vine gives nutrients. The vine gives water. The vine gives stability. Because when, wind, when the wind comes blowing, it is the vine or the stem that stands strong to hold the branch. So imagine you are not connected to the, the stem of the, the branch. When a storm comes, you will be blown away. The foundation upon which you stand should be Jesus, should be the word. And Jesus is seeking that. That is his cry. That he wants his, his, his children, his, his, his people should dwell in him. Philippians 14, chapter 4, verse 13 it says, for I can do everything, not some things, everything through Christ who gives me strength. So how can Christ give you strength? When you abide in Christ. When you abide in Christ. And the last point is a full engraftment or a full involvement or abiding to divine makes our prayer effective. That is the part that most of us are missing. You see, it is not about, a, I mean, it is not about a long stretch of prayers. It has its way. But if you are not rooted in Christ, if you don't know Christ for yourself, your prayer will be less effective. You start praying, you say, oh, I've been praying, I've been fasting. You tell a man of God, you tell a prophet, you tell an apostle, you tell a pastor when they prophesy, when they teach you. You say, I've been praying, but I'm not seeing answers. I'm discouraged. Do you know why? It's because you are not, you are not coming to a place where your will is being taken away. Whatever we desire when we pray, we will get it if we are rooted to Christ. Jesus says something, Father, I know that whatever I ask, you will give. And he thanked God and he broke the bread. Do you know the reason why he was able to multiply it? Because he was spending time with his father. Likewise, we need to spend time with Jesus. We need to spend time with Jesus. And uh, the fifth point, God honors us because it will glorify him. So whenever we cry out, when we pray, it will glorify God when he answers your request or your prayers. I pray that you will come to that understanding. For the John chapter 15, the 7th verse, I want to read the 7th and the 8th so we conclude with that one. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire. See, whatever you desire. That is very serious. Whatever you desire. Your desire. That is the only place I see God saying that what you desire. Because normally it is what he wills. But he said, whatever you desire. If you abide, whatever you desire, you will ask. And it shall be done. Not in me. 
it shall 100% sure that it will be done. By this, verse 8, note, it said, I always says that the 8 stands for new beginnings. So as you abide in God and you ask, God has to do something new in your life. And look at what the, the scripture says. By this, my father, that is God, divine dresser, seeing that you are connected to Jesus, you have been faithful, you have been loyal, you are staying connected to the ministry, helping the ministry, helping the church, helping win souls. You have been faithful in that. It says, the father is glorified and he answers that prayer that you may bear more fruit. You see? That you may bear more fruit. So when God answers your prayer, he is expecting that you bear more fruit. So probably maybe you are praying for financial, I mean, increase. When God honors you, he knows when he gives you that money, you use that money to help those who are what? I mean, less privileged. The widows, the orphans, I mean, those who are struggling financially, you help them. You spread the gospel with the resources he has given to you. You help the church in their missions, in reaching out, you you do whatever that you have to do, which will bring glory to him. And you know what he concluded with? So you will be my disciple. A disciple always follows the master, doesn't give up. So for us to engage the prophetic word that God gives to us, we need to come to a place where we abide. In him, Jesus Christ. Amen.